The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Chauncey's Great Outdoors is brought to you by Waterworks, the number one London low dealer in the Midwest at 18660 South Cicero Avenue and Country Club Hills, 708-798-9700. Midwest Outdoors Magazine, the true magazine for the Midwest sportsman at MidwestOutdoors.com. Paul's Pizza on 31st and Wolf Road in Westchester, Illinois, where the sandwich is the sandwich. GP Italiano, a true family Italian restaurant, or a restaurant just for you and that special person, at 1 South LaGrange Road in downtown LaGrange, at gpitaliano.com, 708-325-4590. Follow me. This is Chauncey from Chauncey's Great Outdoors. Come on out and follow me into the great outdoors. Whether it's close to home or across this great country, come on out and follow me. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Chauncey's Great Outdoors. Uh, Boy, you know, talk about going from warm to cold to cold to warm to back and forth. Who knows what the weather's been, but hey, it's... uh, Definitely November in the Midwest. That's the best thing I can say to everybody. Uh, I mean, it, it's just get used to it. I know we, we're going to talk a little bit later about some uh, crappie fishing that they were doing down in Ren Lake and stuff like that. We've got the Aiden Fishing Report, and we got a whole lot of stuff we want to cover. Uh, there's a lot of activities going on. Um, and you know what? You know, Before we get into the show, I want to just talk about that. Um, in Wisconsin, their deer season runs from November 19th to the 27th. In Indiana, it's from the 12th to the 27th. Now, this is for their firearm season, um, not muzzleloader or archery. Those are longer seasons in all of our states. In Michigan, it's from the 15th to the 30th. And in Illinois, it's from the 18th to the 20th. And then from December 1st to the 4th, they have a, we have a split season in Illinois. And, you know, it's... If anyone's going to be doing anything outdoors, I I know you may think I'm goofy or crazy or whatever, but no, some people will tell you that's right. But (laughs) what I like, anytime I'm out in the woods this time of the year, and I I would always, even if I wasn't hunting, I would wear an orange vest and an orange hat. Just because when I worked in the woods, I wanted people to see me. If I was walking a trail, I wanted people that may have been hunting to see me. And it doesn't, you know, it's a few bucks for a vest and a hat, but it's really something that's going to save you a lot of problems down the road. And some the, the hunters in the area will be able to see you. And, you know, if a hunter's in an area that he's not supposed to be or she's not supposed to be, then they see you, they may say, whoa, where am I? They may have been, you know, got a little bit lost and then they have to move and they'll understand that you know most most sportsmen are 99 percent of the sportsmen are very good people okay uh but let's talk a little bit about today's big shoe the really big shoe we got going on first of all uh on this week's program we've got dan skinner he's the forest wildlife program manager for the illinois dnr 
His job is he monitors the entire deer herd over the entire state of Illinois, all hundred and some counties. <laughs> That's got to be one heck of a job. Um, we're going to talk to him. I've got questions about a wide variety of items of, you know, diseases, condition, how the deer look, what's going on. And, and we're going to get a lot of information from Dan. I'm looking forward. I think he's going to do a great, uh, you know, interview about, what everyone's chasing this weekend and uh, as a matter of fact after the show i'm going to be taking a ride down to the uh, silver spring state fish and wildlife area uh down by yorkville illinois because that's a, one of the check-in stations for that area and i'm going to see you know different deer that people are bringing in and congratulate hunters and stuff it'll be a cool thing i'm looking forward to that okay then um we're going to then talk to ben dickerson I've got him all set up to call in. Uh, he is the Lake Michigan fisheries biologist for the Indiana Department of Natural Resources. And he is going to tell us about an early Christmas gift that the Indiana DNR is going to give all the salmon anglers in Indiana and all those in Michigan and in Illinois that run in fish the waters in Indiana in the fall. You're going to get excited about this one. It's a pretty big gift to all the salmon anglers that are out there. And then in the last segment of the show, we're going to have the Aiden Fishing Report. That's right, my grandson, Aiden. Uh, and, you know, some other outdoor information. We'll talk about different things that are happening out there and, you know, get people excited. So it's going to be a pretty good show. I'm pretty excited about all the things we're going to talk about. But, you know, this is also your show. If there's something you'd like us to bring up or talk about, don't be afraid to send us a note. Uh, you can go to Facebook slash Chauncey's Great Outdoors and make a recommendation there. Or you can always send uh, us a little note at Chauncey's with an S, Outdoors with an S, at AOL.com. And that we'll get with that information too. But send us a note on Facebook and then like our spot there because we bring a lot of information about all kinds of stuff that's going on out there. Um, we're going to be posting a picture of uh, Kevin Van Dam uh, in a couple of days. Him and his two sons went out uh, deer hunting in Michigan. And boy, that man can catch bass when nobody can, and he can also find the biggest bucks in the state of Michigan and his sons, too. They did a great job. I was like, wow. You know, all three of them got not huge, massive big bucks from the state of Michigan. So that was, that was really, really a cool thing. The other thing we want to talk a little bit about, I have to put it this way, perch alert, perch alert, perch alert. Oh, yeah. Uh, down to 87th Street, uh, 95th Street, the uh, Calumet River, the slips around that area, uh, shooting on in some of the waters in Indiana. The perch have come out and they're having a field day. Except, yeah, you know, they, you'll get one slow day and you'll get three good days. One slow, minnows, uh, I've seen minnows working. I've saw perch flies working. I've saw a lot of different things working to catch these fish. So in the next, you know, maybe next week we'll get somebody to talk about the perch out in Lake Michigan this time of the year. You know, they're like the swallows of Capistrano. They return right around Thanksgiving for us to enjoy a tasty meal. Tell you what, you're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors. You know us. Hey, we know the outdoors. 
Waterworks Marine is now taking deposits for the 2023 London Low Boats. That's right. The assembly line is working on those 2023 models, and the Waterworks Marine wants you to get the boat of your dreams and get on the water and enjoy a day with your friends and family. But if you have a boat and need service, parts, supplies, or any of those water fun towable items, only make one stop at Waterworks and get on the water faster. Give them a call at 708-798-9700 or go to waterworks.com and tell them Chauncey sent you. Plan your next Illinois adventure to Ren Lake where the fun begins. Ren Lake is situated in the heart of scenic southern Illinois and can offer you 19,000 acres of water fun and recreation all within Interstates 57 and 64. At their website, enjoyrenlake.com, you can learn about Southern Illinois lodging at its finest, restaurants, family activities, bike trails, camping, and some fantastic fishing and hunting all in one spot at Ren Lake. And it's one of my favorite places to go. So go to enjoyrenlake.com or call them at 314-580-2577. 314-580-2577. And plan your next Illinois adventure that will have you coming back again and again. You love watching us on TV? Now you can enjoy the great outdoors every day of the week with a subscription to Midwest Outdoors magazine. For only $14.95, big issues loaded with the best of fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors. Each one packed with how-to and where-to-go information you can use all year long. Call 1-800-606-FISH. Inside each issue, you'll find timely, in-depth articles on fishing techniques, hunting strategies, equipment reviews, and new product showcases. Fishing or hunting, it's all covered what are you waiting for call 1-800-606-FISH when you're fishing for salmon with diamond ghost charters on lake michigan the two words every fisherman loves to yell is fish on and captain tony of diamond ghost charters will put you on the fish when you're looking to go a salmon fishing trip with diamond ghost charters is a perfect way to spend a half a day or a full day out fishing with friends family or co-workers all on lake michigan so let diamond ghost charters out of winthrop harbor hook you up with a chunky summer coho a trophy fall king or a lunker lake trout they're all waiting for you with diamond ghost charters don't wait call captain tony at 847-838-2037 that's 847-838-2037 and get ready to yell fish on That's the sound you'll hear at the Illinois Conservation Foundation Director's Hunt taking place on November 28th and 29th, right after Thanksgiving, at the new location, the Jim Edgar Panther Creek State Fish and Wildlife Area in central Illinois near Springfield. This hunt will include lunch and a banquet dinner on the 28th, overnight lodging, as well as breakfast on the 29th. Hunting guides and dogs will be provided if needed. For more information, go to the ilconservation.org. That's ilconservation.org for special early bird pricing and save on groups of four. Make your plans. I'll be there. Get them. You're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors Radio Network. For more information, contact us at chaunceymedia at aol.com. This segment is brought to you by Waterworks. Waterworks Boat Sales at 18660 South Cicero Avenue in Country Club Hills, 708-798-9700. Deer Hunter! 
You're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors on ESPN AM 1000 in Chicago. Time of year, deer season's back, it's finally here. Take the fellas up north and stay in the shack. A week without the wife won't wanna come back. Gotta wake up early on opening day. But first, I better finish off a case. I say, spend the night playing cards and drinking black beer. Shoot, there it is, let's get some deer. Shoot, there it is. Shoot, there it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Chauncey's Great Outdoors. And on the phone with us, we have another fine gentleman, a man in the know, the guy who has is thumb on every deer in the state of Illinois, where they're hiding behind what tree, brush pile, cornfield, <laughs> and everything else. We have Dan Skinner, who's the Forest Wildlife Program Manager. Is that right, Dan? That's right. That's Ooh. right. Don't ever ask me to say that all again today. <laughs> Dan, thanks for coming on. Um, I would assume that our... Illinois deer herd is probably pretty healthy, isn't it? You know, that's a that's a complex question to answer, but I will take a crack at it. No. So I, I'll say generally, <laughs> yeah, we're we're in good shape. Yeah. You know, in Illinois we have hundred and two counties and we treat each county as its own management unit. So when we talk about the you know how the statewide herd is doing, what we're really doing is looking at the sum of 102 individual pieces. So, you know, we've got some counties that are that are below their population objectives, and we've got some counties that are above their population objectives, and we've got a whole bunch of counties that are kind of right right where we want them. Mm. But yeah, I'd say overall we're 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 doing we're doing pretty well. Yeah. Now, you know, every year, you know, some years, you know, we've had little increases in you know number of deer you know harvested some years we we've had a little drop in them but i think there's more people looking not just you know shotgun hunting deer but archery deer and you know that's where i think some of our numbers are coming up a little bit when you look at the state am i i could be completely wrong no and and we've noticed the same thing you know since the last time we saw a big drop year over year in harvest was from 2012 to 2013. And much of that decrease was, was likely due to a EHD, epizootic hemorrhagic disease outbreak. Mm-hmm. It's a virus that affects deer between 2012 and 2013. Now, if you look at the last 10 years now, the last the seasons from, from 2013 on, our overall harvest has been pretty steady. It, it's bounced around kind of between 100 Oh, 144,000 deer and 162,000 deer over the last nine or ten seasons. But you're right. If you look at the the component of the overall harvest from archery, it's getting bigger. And and when you break that down and you look at what equipment guys are using, people archery hunters are using to harvest deer since 2017 when crossbows became legal. We've seen a huge increase in the use of crossbows throughout the entire archery season, not not just late in the season, mm-hmm. not just early in the season, throughout the entire archery season, to the point now where we are over 50% of our archery harvest is, is from crossbows. Wow. I didn't think it was that high. Yeah, we, uh, we got there last year, over the 50% mark in crossbows, and Pretty much from the beginning of the season this year, I've been I've been tracking the numbers, and, and we're over fifty percent again this this season. Mm-hmm. Now, 
one of the things, I, and I've said this about crossbows, I go, everyone thinks that a crossbow is going to shoot 100 yards out. No. <laughs> Hate to break that for to you. It doesn't shoot that far. You know, you still have to treat it like a regular compound or, you know, a recurve bow. That's how you should treat it. You don't don't take those long shots because that's it's not going to help you. You know, you know, treat it like, and that's Chauncey speaking. That's not, you know. You speaking, that's, that's me speaking, that, that's how the anglers, uh, hunters, not anglers, you know, should take a look at it. But, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, and I'm not sure about this one, Dan, COVID, I think that kept a bunch of people from going out hunting. And I think that may have put more deer in our state because less, a little bit less was taken. But now that I think more people are going out, I, I'm, I'm getting phone calls from people just asking all kinds of deer questions. I, I think we might see a, a little higher number this year for the total take of them. Shouldn't we? So, so I guess back to your COVID point, that's, that's an interesting thought. However, I wonder if, if the opposite is not true. Mm. I, I think that we saw a harvest bump in 2020 that is probably, it, it's hard to break anything down and say this is exactly what caused it, right? I mean, yeah. you've, got, you've got tons of people out there hunting. You've got long seasons. You've got weather factors. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to 2020, I think if you look at some of, some of the harvest data, both regionally here in the Midwest and across the country in deer and Turkey, it, it would almost seem like we saw increases both in harvest and in permit sales that we didn't see in 2019 and we didn't see again in 2021. Mm. And I wonder if some people, and perhaps it was more more local, you know, more Illinois residents mm-hmm. and weren't traveling to Illinois to do it, but, but people in Illinois were participating. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, you know, to, to really get at that would would involve some human dimensions work and and asking a lot of questions. But but I think there certainly was was a COVID component to to the twenty twenty harvest. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of uh, I, I live near in, in Cook County, and I live near the forest preserves, and uh, you know they are trying to manage the deer herd to keep it get it lower. Uh, because there is no hunting in the forest preserves, and uh, but it's it's interesting to see uh, th- just the number, and even when I've I'm, I've taken rides out, you know, in uh, DeKalb County, in uh, Kendall County, yeah, high big agricultural counties. You know, we're not talking about municipal counties or or counties where it's just. Uh, you know, heavy somewhere along the Mississippi where there's a lot of cliffs and hills and ravines and stuff like that. I mean, it just seems I'm I'm seeing good, solid body deer. Um, you know, they're not. I'm not seeing the as we mentioned the you know CWD or the uh, uh, the other disease that you mentioned the E EM. What is it called again? Encephalitis. EHD. EHD. Thank you. Epizo- yeah, epizootic hemorrhagic disease. Yes. If I said that, you'd have to say, God bless me, because that sounds like I sneezed. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it just, I'm seeing, you know, really physical, good-looking animals, you know? And I find it kind of interesting because there was a young gentleman I know from Louisiana came up here, and he was in a car with me. And, um, you know, I think the guy was probably in his 
you know, 22 years old or something like that. And he saw a couple of corn-fed Illinois deer in DeKalb County, and he goes, you got elk up here? <laughs> no, that's a deer. You know? <laughs> but they don't have big deer in you know, parts of Louisiana. They got smaller deer. Uh, you know, and it, it's just, it's interesting when I, the non-scientist, look at the deer, how the, it just, they seem exceptionally healthy. Um, I had one, a woman uh, just recently said to me that she was a, a her whole family's a deer hunter. As a matter of fact, uh, opening weekend of archery, everyone in her family, that means her three children, her and her husband, all shot a deer with a bow and arrow. <laughs> Oh, wow. I said, one's my invite for dinner. <clears throat> and uh, But she said, she goes, she used to live in Michigan. And she goes, once you eat an Illinois corn-fed deer, you don't want to go back to the acorn-fed deer. <laughs> he says, this is a whole different program. And I said, well, yeah, it is. And these are these are the things that make our deer herd healthy and but if we're not on the watch for cwd and these other things uh you know this is where we can lose our deer right certainly and cwd is is it's it's just unlike any disease that wildlife managers have had to fight before Mm -hmm. it is it is insidious it will spread it will spread directly from deer to deer through through direct contact deer can pick it up from a contaminated environment they can be positive for the disease for months a year or more but never show a clinical sign mm-hmm. and during that time they can pass the disease on to other deer so they're sick with it they're making other deer sick and you can't tell from looking at them you'll never know until you do a lab test yeah but it's it's 100 percent fatal if the deer gets chronic wasting disease it will die from it and you know we're we're now in our twentieth year of CWD management here in Illinois. It's an anniversary that nobody ever wanted to celebrate. But mm-hmm. I think if you look back, if you look back at the twenty years of what we've done, and you look at the alternatives, and you look at some other parts of the country that have these super hot spots and these CWD endemic zones, I don't think anyone can say that it hasn't been a fight worth fighting. It's it's been. A lot of work. We've we have staff that have spent years of their lives mm-hmm. doing it, but but it's in the end. It's, I, I think it's been a fight worth fighting because if you look at the cost of doing nothing, I don't I don't know how you could ever justify mm-hmm. standing by and, and letting CWD do its thing without without intervention. Yeah. Now some people will say that uh, CWD, you know, it, it's. I don't want to say it doesn't rush across areas. It slowly grows down the road, right, and spreads slowly. And you know, since you know, since we can't line up all deer and give them a shot, you know, it's you know, it's very difficult. I mean, someday I think in my perfect world there'll be a vaccine for deer, and all we got to do is put big piles of corn out there with the vaccine all over it, and that'll help our deer herd. <laughs> That's a Chaunceyism, folks. Don't they say dance on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know there are there are other diseases that, well, EHD, like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. is a perfect example. EHD, um, there's some different forms. There's there's an acute form, there's a chronic form, but in the acute form of EHD, a deer can contract a virus and within two days can 
can just drop dead right there. I mean, it's it's dead. Wow. And you see it, and you see concentrations of deer in localized areas. You may see you may go out by a pond or, or by a creek where you hunt, and you may see multiple dead deer. And so you see the immediate effect of, of an EHD outbreak, but they're usually limited in, in geographic scope. They may be intense in one small area, but you're not getting an intense die-off across the entire state. Mm-hmm. And, and on a long-term time scale, hemorrhagic disease viruses are not population-limiting. So, that, so you might see a, a localized decrease in your deer population, but they're going to come back from that. From all the information that's coming in with chronic wasting disease lately, chronic wasting disease, <laughs> that's not the case. Chronic wasting disease can have serious long-term negative implications on, on deer populations, but you don't see deer dropping dead from it right there in front of you. It's, it's a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. The prevalence rates creep up. Um, it's just, it's a much different disease and that's what makes it so hard to manage. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to put you on a spot on a question. I'll hear from some hunter that'll say to me, well, they've had it for, you know, centuries out in the West. And I'm like, well, I don't know if they had or had it in the West for centuries, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, but it's here and we... You know, we have to go with the science, and that's always been my mantra, Dan. Uh, if you go with the science, if you want to be a better fisherman, learn the science of that fish. You want to be a better bird watcher, learn the science of the birds in the areas or the bird that you want to find. If you if you want to be a better hunter, uh, learn the science of those animals you want to harvest. And if you learn about the science of that animal, You'll be a better hunter and everything else, but you'll also learn what you may never have known about that animal. And that's where the science, I think, comes in. That was pretty deep, wasn't it? That was, that was super deep. <laughs> but, but, but no, I, I agree. You look, I mean, we, we, we are natural resource managers. We yeah. deal in science. We, we, we deal in peer-reviewed literature, stuff that can be replicated, stuff that can be proven, things that can be tweaked or disproven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the whole scientific process, the whole scientific method. There's this peer review component. And so what I heard you describe as one of the common misconceptions about chronic wasting disease or, or, or common myths is that, oh, chronic wasting disease has always been there. We're just now looking for it. If, if you look at the distribution though, of our positives and the way that they've spread out from basically from an area up near the Wisconsin state line in 2002 to where we have it now, mm-hmm. it's, it's apparent that that's not the case. It, it, it is a novel disease to Illinois, you know, within the last couple decades. It's a disease that's behaving like it's spreading not not like one that's always been here. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, at, at like I said, at the peer-reviewed science from Wyoming in some of the areas where this disease has been on the landscape the longest, there are serious concerns about the long-term viability of white-tailed deer populations mm-hmm. up there. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Well, you know, my friend, I, I want to thank you for 
telling us that overall we got a pretty good-looking deer population in the state of Illinois. I know you want everybody to go out, enjoy their, you know, two weeks of two weekends of deer hunting in Illinois, one this weekend and one first weekend in December. If you're going out, remember, always wear all the proper hunter orange. Well, put on your long gotch keys, too, because it's going to be cold. But, you know, always wear your hunter orange, hat, gloves, jacket, etc. And uh, even if you're not a hunter, but you're going to be doing something in the outdoors, just stop by a local, you know, hardware store, sporting goods store, pick up a, an inexpensive orange vest and a hat, put it on. You know, I'd, it's easier to be seen than not seen, and it's always safer to be seen when you're out in the great outdoors, especially during hunting season, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's seven-day firearm season. It doesn't hurt to be safe and, and to be seen. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, once again, everybody, Dan Skinner from the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. He is the, give me the rest of your title. I told you I'm never going to say it again. <laughs> I'm the Forest Wildlife Program Manager. Forest Wildlife Program Manager. He's got his thumb on the deer population. I already told him, paint my name on one of them. I'll be out there later on today. <laughs> okay, buddy. All righty. Thanks, Thanks for coming on. You're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors. You know us. Hey, we know the outdoors. Become part of the Waterworks staff and feel what it's like to be part of the best marine mechanic staff in the Midwest with training, benefits, good pay, and more. When people know you're a marine mechanic at Waterworks, they know you're now part of the best of the best. For job inquiries, call 708-798-9700 or contact them at waterworks.com. Tell them Chauncey sent you. You love watching us on TV? Now you can enjoy the great outdoors every day of the week with a subscription to Midwest Outdoors Magazine. In 95, you get 12 big issues loaded with the best of fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors. Each one packed with how-to and where-to-go information you can use all year long. Call 1-800-606-FISH. Inside each issue, you'll find timely, in-depth articles on fishing techniques, hunting strategies, equipment reviews, and new product showcases. Fishing or hunting, it's all covered. What are you waiting for? Call 1-800-606-FISH. Did you know that Midwest Outdoors Magazine includes a state section for where you live? Each month you get the information that matters to you and where you hunt and fish. For you can't beat this deal. Call 1-800-606-FISH and start your adventure with Midwest Outdoors today. I fish. I also clean local waterways so others can fish and swim. I help build public boat ramps for easy access to the water. I provide fishing and water safety education for kids. I maintain a healthy fish population so tomorrow's anglers can enjoy a catch. I prevent unwanted species from spreading into waters where they don't belong. I restore the condition of rivers to help fish and wildlife thrive. I fund long-term plans to protect our lakes and streams. I do all of these things and more, all because I buy a fishing license. When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. In fact, every dollar from a license purchase protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. To learn more about how you can get your fishing license, go to TakeMeFishing.org. That's TakeMeFishing.org. You're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors Radio Network. For more information, contact us at chaunceymedia at aol.com.
This segment is brought to you by DiamondGhostCharters.com. Go fishing with Captain Tony and get ready to yell, fish on! Down in the meadow in a itty-bitty pool swam three little fishies and a mommy fishy too. Swim, said the mama fishy, swim if you can. And they swam and they swam right over the dam. Hey, this is Captain Sig off the Deadliest Cats. You're listening to Chauncey's Great Outdoors. Everybody, welcome back to Chauncey's Great Outdoors. Ah, yes, I know lots of people are hunting and all that stuff like that. They're hunting and, you know, they're chasing with bows and arrows and slugs and high power, depending on where you live in Michigan. But I got pretty excited about something. Pretty excited. I'm not kidding you. Made my little toes curl when I got this uh, press release from Indiana. And then there it says, uh, Ben Dickinson said, that they are increasing the Chinook salmon stocking in Lake Michigan. Ben, thanks for coming on the show. And what's going on, dude? <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Uh, well, yeah, the the press release did not lie. Uh, Indiana DNR is increasing fifty thousand Chinooks, going from two hundred twenty-five thousand to two hundred seventy-five thousand. So uh, we're we're pretty excited about that. Now, is there a reason for the? I mean, yeah, I don't want to sound you know, I call it stupid, Chauncey stupid. You know, I mean, you didn't you didn't get an extra couple of buckets of them. I mean, I mean, is there a reason why you guys are increasing by fifty? Yeah, so uh, a few reasons. I mean, first and foremost, you know, uh, the biologists around the lake, including us in Indiana, we're we're all uh, tracking kind of the predator prey balance mm-hmm. out in Lake Michigan, and I'm sure most listeners are are pretty aware. Uh, but there's been substantial changes in the trout and salmon fishery and the mm-hmm. alewife population in Lake Michigan over the last several decades. Um, so we, we've been tracking the predator-prey balance, and uh, after some you know, pretty significant cuts a decade ago, uh, we've, we've started building back uh, a lot of the bait fish, the alewife, and things are starting to look better, and we feel like we're in a, a place where we can do a, a modest increase uh, and, and not be... Uh, you know, substantially increasing the risk of of crashing the the forage base. Mm, okay. Um, so so that's the you know the the impetus behind increasing stocking. Um, and then as, as far as the fifty thousand, you know, we didn't want to increase too much, and it also is a number that works uh, within our hatchery bottlenecks. You know, we have only so much space, and if we add a bunch of stuff, then we got to cut something else. So we had the capacity to add fifty thousand schnooks without you know, creating a bunch of musical chairs and, and having to make significant changes to other production of, say, coho or steelhead or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, I think you just said a, a an, an interesting way of for someone to think about this. It's musical chairs because the, you know, your coho, your chinook, your steelhead, your... Uh, I guess Lakers. Uh, what am I? Mr. Coho, Chinook, Steelhead. Uh, th- these are the the predator fish, and the biomass of what they're going to eat. If it's low, I'm like years ago, we were catching twenty, thirty pound plus kings. Well, that dropped. Well, that dropped because the population of their lunch dropped. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when the alloys and stuff dropped, and then th- their sizes dropped, and this year. I mean, this fall, I have never seen these 
coho. I mean, they were acting like King Salmon. I mean, mm-hmm. they, and they were, I mean, they, they were so big and beautiful. They was ugly. And, you know, they had big muscles ab- above their dorsal fin. They had, uh, and when you'd hook on it, you weren't sure if you had a coho or a king. Yeah, yeah, definitely a, a big fish year for cohos and kings alike. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's tied back to the, the predator-prey balance. There's there's more than enough uh, alewife, you know, to go around for those existing salmon out there. So they, you know, they grow fast when they have a lot of food. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we don't certainly want to return to a place where they're emaciated and, and starving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a ton of small fish um, and are on, living on the edge. Uh, but, you know, we, we feel like we're inching towards kind of a happy, stable medium. So, um, like I said earlier, we're, we're pretty excited about the place we're at as a fishery right now. Yeah, And it, it's a very difficult thing to, to do because, you know, you can manage a pond so easy. You know, you can, you can even manage an inland, uh, you know, a reservoir that's been, you know, a river that's been backed up a lot easier than managing something the size of Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I think to a biologist, I'm glad you guys do what you do, but you got to look at the lake and go, now what, guys? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I uh, have to admit, I have definitely thought that before. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's part of, I think, what attracts a lot of biologists to the profession is, is they like making changes and, and affect, you know, making fishing better and, and feeling like they're, they're improving things and, and have a, a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to admit, you know, Mother Nature does control a lot of the cards. So um, uh, the levers we can pull to influence, you know, the Lake Michigan fishery are, are a little smaller, like you were saying, mm-hmm. compared to uh, Inland Lake or a pond or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you when you pull the lever at the casino, you know you're not in charge of those spinning numbers, <laughs> right? Right. And and Mother Nature is going to mess with you. Mother Nature is going to mess with you every time she can. That's her job. Um, yep. As you say that, I'm I'm looking out over the lake from my office and seeing a giant dark snow squall cloud approaching. So, yeah. uh Definitely agree. Now, I just want you to know, several thousand people just went, oh, tough job. He looks out over to Lake Michigan. <laughs> well, if it makes them feel better, I, you know, there's a giant power plant right in my field of view. Too. Oh, okay, that does. That makes us all feel better. Yeah. But now, um, the spring, this is just Chinook salmon that you've increased your numbers, right? Mm-hmm, yep. Uh, you're still stocking coho. Mm-hmm. And spring, that southern basin of Lake Michigan, basically Indiana's front door, is a great coho fishery in the spring. Definitely. You know. Yeah. Uh, world class. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. You know. And uh, I spent many a day chasing perch, but we're not going to talk about perch today. Because uh, <laughs> that's a, another whole animal in itself. But, I mean, th- this is what I, I just think it's so interesting. and Because you, you everybody stocks in Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, um I don't think the tribal nations do any stocking of them anymore. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, here you are, you know, doing this, and you you pray that your percentage comes back in three and four years, right? Mm-hmm. And as long as they have the food and they don't have disease, then actually all of you, all the fisheries biologists really take a lot of concern making sure that the fish they plant are healthy. 
So yeah. they're not going to get anything. And you want them to come back for the recreational fishermen of whether you're in a recreational boat or you're really looking for an experience of chasing them in the creeks, which is beyond explanation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And it's like, oh, if if you ever want to catch, if you think catching a king salmon on your boat in Lake Michigan is fun, oh, no, 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 no. Get in that, your waders, and go hit the creeks in northwest Indiana. And you hook that fish, and it's going to tear off 100 yards, and then, oh, the stream just turned to the right. You got to go find them. <laughs> yep, or they're under a log jam, or they're turning around, coming back at you. Mm-hmm. You reel in. Or... Oh, it, it's the, the excitement is so big when you do that, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, definitely. Oh man! Now, how long will? I've always been told Sam the Chinooks will live four years, and then I read a couple of things that you can get six years out of a, a possible one. Uh, you know, they, they can. So, uh, you know, the Chinooks we have in the Great Lakes um, that they, they brought in way back in the day in the 60s, mm-hmm. um, almost all of that particular strain, you know, they have a bunch of different strains out on, on the uh, Pacific Northwest, different populations that, you know, evolved over a very long time period. Mm-hmm. And some of them live longer than others. Um, some of they have spring Chinooks out there, fall Chinooks. Um, the ones we have in the Great Lakes, by and large, almost all of them are maturing and spawning by the time they hit three years old. Mm. Um, we do see some four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely rare to see anything older than four. Mm-hmm. Like less than a tenth of a percent would make it to five, probably. Which um, is and there, nothing. But there have been five and six-year-olds mm-hmm. aged, you know, out in Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. um, including I believe uh, they just aged that Michigan state record from. Uh, a year or two ago, um, and I believe that was a five-year-old, which surprised a lot of biologists. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that one. I, I saw Michigan's basin coordinator. Um, he, he made a post about it. Mm-hmm. So um, it, he was thinking it was, and I was too, it would be a, a fast-growing, like, two- or three-year-old, usually just a genetic freak, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because typically when you have the older fish, uh, they're actually slower growing. They didn't grow fast enough to trigger that switch to develop gonads and, you know, go up a creek and spawn and die. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, a number of years ago, um, I had the honor, and I use that term very, very, very deeply, I had the honor of interviewing Dr. Tanner. Oh, all right. That is an honor. <laughs> wow. And it was so interesting because he just sat and talked to me for about 15 minutes, and I w- he said, you know, Everybody thinks you get these little fish, you hatch them, and you throw them in the, you know, get them to a certain size, and you throw them in the river or the lake. He says, we had a hundred mistakes before we got it to work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that shows you it's not a simple process. You've got to experiment to make it work, and when it works, you replicate that and replicate it and replicate it. And uh, that's when you get that healthy population that lives in Indiana that I know draws Indiana residents and it draws Illinois people to come there. And I know Michigan people roll into Indiana waters, <laughs> you know, yep. and yep. they're chasing all those fish, especially, you know, in the spring. And then when you start getting those big boys and girls to come in ashore, they're chasing them too that way, aren't they? Yeah. And, you know, um, with, with uh, stocking cuts and reduced survival, probably the past like six ish seven years mm-hmm. you know that that fall fishery for the mature returning fish um has been 
pretty pretty poor. Um, but we started seeing some encouraging signs a couple years ago, and then last year, um, you know, we were still, um, you know, since it takes, as you were saying, you know, a couple years once you stock a fish for it to mature and, and come back, um, you know, our stocking numbers were still pretty low for the fish that were returning two mm. or three years later. Uh, but we were seeing increased survival and success of fishermen, so we felt pretty confident that once, you know, we got back, we only got back to stocking our normal 225,000 uh, mm-hmm. three years ago. So last year we we had some pretty good success for those fall returning kings. So we were thinking that this year and then especially next year would be good years, and, uh, boy, we had a great run uh, this year in Indiana for fall Chinooks. Oh, yeah. I mean, this- well, one of, I mean, probably... I mean, I saw more Chinooks in the creeks this year than I had in the last five combined, I bet. So, really phenomenal run. A lot of people, especially if you've never done it before, a lot of people don't realize that when you're out fishing the streams, and we're talking about Trail Creek, Salt Creek, um, I'm missing somebody. Little Calumet River. Thank you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I knew you would tell me. Or don't forget Deep River, too, which comes off the Little Cow over there, up up by up into Hobart. They're, they're, they get some strays up there and oh. catch fish there, too. Okay. Well, t- you know, to be in a stream and your ca- whatever you're casting and stuff like that, you know, to uh, catch these fish. But when you see a fish that's a couple of feet long, you know, I'm talking 30 inches plus, and it's got some depth to it. And, you know, it's like you're going, why is this little submarine here, you know? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's a whole different ball game. And uh, Illinois, th- there really is no place for them to do that. Uh, Wisconsin, southeast Wisconsin, they've got a couple places. Michigan, a lot of the rivers are salmon run up. It. But, I mean, you know, it's such a great place to, you know, just over the border, check out uh, and fish these streams. And it is just... It's a whole, di- as I said earlier, you know, it's a whole different experience. You'll never understand. You will not, until, until you get that first fish on and you go, oh, my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like hooking into a, a lightning bolt when you get a fresh one. Oh, exactly. Well, Ben, uh, everyone, we're talking with Ben. I'm saying you're correct. Dickinson? Yep, you got it. Yeah, uh, who's a fisheries, Lake Michigan fisheries research biologist for the state of Indiana, DNR. Uh, and the big announcement that they're adding 50,000 on top of the 225,000 uh, to the total stocking. It's like counting votes, I guess, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, this way, you know, our numbers are going to be better in, four, in three and four years for us to enjoy the work they do today right there in northwest Indiana. Okay, Ben? Yeah, yeah, pleasure. Pleasure okay. talking to you, Chauncey. Thank you. You're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors. You know us. Hey, we know the outdoors. Hey, man, you seen that bear go by here? A bear? Yeah, man, he had on a ranger's hat. A bear with a ranger's hat? Oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, man, he had a shovel in his hand, too. Oh, did he have a picnic basket, too? No, man, not that bear. You know, like the bear that checks out the forest, man. Oh, what's he checking out, man? Well, like he's checking out for careless people, man, who start fires in the forest. Well, that sounds real heavy, man. Hey, well, it is. You know, like every year some dude forgets to put out his campfire and a match or a cigarette or something else, you know. And like thousands of acres go up in smoke. Up in smoke, man? That's right. Yeah, smoke. (laughs) Like in fire that could burn up this place. Yeah? Yeah, and that's why the bear, he says, only you can prevent forest fires. Hey, I know that bear, man. What's his name again? Smokey Bear. Well, what do you need him for, man? 
because I need a ride back to the city. <laughs> a public service of the Forest Service, USDA, your state foresters, and the Ad Council. Paul's Pizza and Hot Dogs on 31st Street and Wolf Road in Westchester is the place for that true classic Chicago hot dog and the best Italian beef sandwich large enough to share. Paul's Pizza and Hot Dogs in Westchester also has specialties like an Italian sausage and beef combo, gyros, pasta, Italian steak, eggplant, parmesan, ribs, salads, daily specials, and even the best flame-broiled hamburgers. Make Paul's Pizza and Hot Dogs on 31st Street and Wolf Road in Westchester your favorite. It's ours. Waterworks Marine is looking to expand their five-star rated marine mechanic staff, become part of the Waterworks staff, and feel what it's like to be part of the best marine mechanic staff in the Midwest with training, benefits, good pay, and more. When people know you're a marine mechanic at Waterworks, they know you're now part of the best of the best. For job inquiries, call 708-798-9700 or contact them at waterworks.com. Tell them Chauncey sent you. Plan your next Illinois adventure to Ren Lake, where the fun begins. Ren Lake is situated in the heart of scenic southern Illinois and can offer you 19,000 acres of water fun and recreation all within Interstates 57 and 64. At their website, enjoyrenlake.com, you can learn about Southern Illinois lodging at its finest, restaurants, family activities, bike trails, camping, and some fantastic fishing and hunting all in one spot at Ren Lake. And it's one of my favorite places to go. So go to enjoyrenlake.com or call them at 314-580-2577. 314-580-2577. And plan your next Illinois adventure that will have you coming back again and again. Illinois, mile after magnificent mile. That's the sound you'll hear at the Illinois Conservation Foundation Director's Hunt taking place on November 28th and 29th, right after Thanksgiving, at the new location, the Jim Edgar Panther Creek State Fish and Wildlife Area in central Illinois near Springfield. This hunt will include lunch and a banquet dinner on the 28th, overnight lodging, as well as breakfast on the 29th. Hunting guides and dogs will be provided if needed. For more information, go to the IL Conservation. Org. That's ilconservation.org for special early bird pricing and save on groups of four. Make your plans. I'll be there. Get them. You're listening to Chauncey on Chauncey's Great Outdoors Radio Network. For more information, contact us at chaunceymedia at aol.com. <laughs> Chauncey's Great Outdoors is brought to you by Waterworks, the number one London low dealer in the Midwest at 18660 South Cicero Avenue in Country Club Hills, 708-798-9700. Midwest Outdoors Magazine, the true magazine for the Midwest sportsman at MidwestOutdoors.com. Paul's Pizza on 31st and Wolf Road in Westchester, Illinois where the sandwich is the sandwich. GP Italiano, a true family Italian restaurant, or a restaurant just for you and that special person, at 1 South LaGrange Road in downtown LaGrange, at gpitaliano.com, 708-325-4590. 
Diamond Ghost Charters with Captain Tony at diamondghostcharters.com and Ren Lake Area Tourism at renlake.com. A little bit of heaven at exit 77 on Interstate 57. Well, let me tell you a story about a little fella Black and blue with a hand of yellow The blue gill boogie Yeah, the blue gill boogie When the bass ain't biting and the trout are gone I'm listening to John C. on John C.'s Great Outdoor On ESPN Radio AM 1000 in Chicago The blue gill boogie well, welcome back, everybody, to Chauncey's Great Outdoors. I hope you enjoyed this show. I think those both of those guys had, it was a great interview about the deer herd and the deer population and the health of the deer in Illinois. And then our friends in Indiana, the, the, water, the field biologist there for the fisheries division, all those extra salmon. Ooh, baby, I cannot wait. We're talking three years. We're going to have lots of big salmon to go catch. Oh, yeah, I got all excited about that interview. <laughs> That's always good. But you know what? Let's get on with uh, this segment because we have to get the Aiden Fishing Report. Otherwise, I will be yelled at. And here's from Aiden, sponsored by our friends at Waterworks Marine, 18660 South Cicero Avenue in Country Club Hills. Grandpa, Dad and I are in a deer blind hunting, and I'm really excited. Before we set the blind up, we took a ride to the big Manistee River. We did not see a lot of steelhead everywhere, but we did see bunches of them moving together as they swam in the river. We tried drifting spawn, and I got one to hit, but it got off, but it almost took the fishing rod out of my hands. They were strong. Other guys we were watching were drifting beads, and some anglers were using plugs and spinners, and they took some fish. Well, I'll send you a text report from Deer Camp, and maybe next year you could come your fishing magician, Aiden. Oh, P.S. I'm also a deer hunter. <laughs> That's my grandson, Aiden, and his fishing report. Uh, and once again, sponsored by our friends at Waterworks Marine, 18660 South Cicero Avenue in Country Club Hills. Okay, um, we got a couple things we got to make sure we hit. First of all, the in, an Indiana man pled guilty to importing more than 2,600 pounds of live channel catfish into Illinois without a permit from and the, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources. So he pled, uh, negotiated a guilty plea uh, with the Conservation Police, uh, Invasive Species Unit, the Attorney General's Office, and the Will County State's Attorney. And you have to be careful because, you know, when they do this, the fish have to be tested for the hemorrhagic septicemia uh, disease, which could wipe out a fish population. And we don't want that to happen. So please, 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 you know, if, if you're buying fish for a pond or something, make sure they have the proper documentation that the fish are healthy. That's very important. Hey, something new in Michigan for all you deer hunters. <laughs> I love the youpers. <laughs> Beginning this year, the deer hunters in Michigan are required to report successful harvest within 72 hours or before transferring possession of the deer to another person, processor, taxidermist. Hunters must continue to attach a paper kill tag to the harvest the deer 
and the kill tag should remain with the head if the head and the body of the deer are separated. Anyone in possession of a deer after the harvest reporting time frame expires should be able to present the confirmation number that they got when they reported the deer. So that's very important to do in the state of Michigan this year. Don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about some local things here. First of all, my good buddy, Two Hot Dog Joey, said that uh, it's a perch alert. He said people are catching perch. Uh, it, it was hot earlier in the week, then it got real quiet, and then it picked up at the end of the week. Uh, Cal River and out in Lake Michigan, they did well with minnows and perch flies. Um, he said that some steelhead with spawn were being taken by anglers fishing from shore. Uh, nightcrawlers and white pieces were also working for them. In northwest Indiana, my friend Tyree said, that uh, things seem to slow down in the creek for those steelhead, but you can catch more steelhead closer to Lake Michigan. Don't forget that. And our friends at Wren Lake are seeing a little bit better action improving when the weather got better. Uh, we're seeing some crappie and bass action. Uh, don't go deep. Stick a little bit in the shallow areas and look for areas out of the wind. That's very important. This weekend is going to be a lot of deer hunting going on at Wayne Fitzgerald State Park. So please, even if you're in a boat, Put an orange hat on, an orange vest. It's not going to, you know, hurt you. And in the forest preserves of Cook County, uh, things have slowed down. Crappie should be close in. The northern shoreline are the areas that I definitely, definitely would want to work. Uh, Chain of Lakes, Lake County, we're seeing a big drop in the water temperature. They're opening up that dam to kind of get to winter pool. So when that happens, it's going to get a little bit tough in areas, but musky anglers are still working suckers and jerk baits and crappie anglers. They're working the areas near the walls, the concrete, not concrete, the metal walls that absorb the sun. So you're on the north side of a lake with the wall, ship wall facing south. And that's what's holding those fish. Remember that. That's a very important thing. Wow, there's so much things going on. we got fishing, camping, hunting, uh, duck hunting, goose hunting. Who don't, You don't know what to do at this time of the year. It's really busy. Oh, I can hear the flute playing. And you know what that means. We're coming to the end of the show. And I always like to leave you with a Native American proverb. And this one comes from my friend Apensui Majawat. He said, Mother Nature has laid a blanket of white over herself to rest and prepare herself for the coming of spring when the circle of life begins anew. Mother Nature has laid a blanket of white over herself to rest and prepare herself for the coming of spring when the circle of life begins anew. Wow. Tell you what, can't go wrong with that. We'll see you next week. Where? Right here on Chauncey's Great Outdoors, everybody.